been a while, huh? Man, I, last I talked to everybody, it's been a uh, NFL preview episode, NFL season preview episode. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, I suppose. But no better time than ever for those of you that don't remember. I'm Puma, and this is the Puma Thoughts Podcast. What's up? Um, so uh, I guess we could pick up in Week 16. A lot has happened this NFL season. So, I wanted to go ahead and tell you all, to remind you all, what my predictions were and how incredibly off I was on most of them. Tons of fun. Uh, I predicted the NFC East winners to be in the East, Dallas, in the North, Green Bay, in the South, the Saints, the West, Seattle. Your wild cards to be the Vikings, Falcons, and Eagles. Uh, In the AFC, I predicted the Bills to win the East, Pittsburgh to win the North, Titans to win the South, and the Chiefs to win the West. Your wild cards being Texans, Ravens, Patriots. Uh, and your Super Bowl, I predicted Pittsburgh versus Minnesota. I'm going to be very off on a couple of those. Uh, as it stands uh, today, which today being the 29th of December, uh, your NFC... Now, this is just uh, the playoff standings, like one through seven, thusly. Uh, in your NFC, you got the Packers at one, Saints two, Seahawks three. Football team currently sits at four. Uh, your Bucks, Rams, and Bears round out the last three with the Cardinals on the outside looking in if the playoffs started today. Uh, the AFC's got the Chiefs, Bills, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, uh, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns with the Colts on the outside looking in. So I was a little off on a lot. Uh, your NFC wild cards, I completely missed the mark on that. Dallas still has a chance to win the East, so I still could be right on that. Uh, Titans still couldn't clinch the South. I don't believe they have yet. Uh, they can though. I believe if they win, I think they're in. Um, and your AFC wild cards, uh, Ravens are the only ones that have a shot at it still. Uh, currently they're in, but that could change. Uh, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, uh, for them to get in, they need a win or a tie plus a Chicago loss uh the rams to clinch their spot to get in they need a win or a chicago loss and the bears to clinch their spot they need a win or an arizona loss so there's that um for the top seed in the nfc however that has not been clinched yet uh green bay can get it if they win or if seattle loses new orleans can still get it if they win and green bay loses and seattle wins and seattle can get it if they win and have Green Bay and New Orleans both lose. So that is still up for grabs. Uh, I would suggest, uh, I would suggest, I would predict that the Packers would probably get that. They're kind of playing lights out currently. Not like them Bills, though, but they're doing pretty well for themselves, I would say. Um, your draft order currently for 1 through 14 um, stands as this. 1 through 14, you got the Jags. The Jets, we'll get into that. Falcons, Dolphins via the Houston Texans. Uh, Eagles, Bengals, Panthers, Broncos, Lions, Chargers, 49ers, Vikings, Patriots, Raiders. So there's that. Um, The NFC East, uh, still up for grabs. The Washington football team can get it if they win. All they got to do is win and they're in. Uh, Dallas can still get it if they win and Washington loses. And the Giants can still get it if they win and Washington loses loses so if Washington loses all Dallas and Giants have to do is win and they're in so there you go um I believe 
if they, I don't know, there's other scenarios if there's ties and shit. But that's what I got so far. So if Washington wins, they're in. Dallas can win it if they win and Washington loses. And like I said, the Giants can win and Washington loses. But we shall see. So uh, this NFL season has been kind of fun to watch, I would say. It's been very interesting. Um, The one thing I thought was very interesting that I'm still going to stick in my craw is that the Bills potentially could could have gone 14-2 if not for the Hale-Murray as they call it down in Arizona. still bothers me to this day. It's going to stick in my craw all season. But that separates the Bills more or less from like a, what, a nine-game winning streak? Eight-game winning streak? Um, God damn it. It's still going to bug me. But the Cardinals, that was supposed to catapult the Cardinals into the upper echelon. They were supposed to run rough shot. Uh, they've gone two and four since. So there you go. And they are currently on the outside looking in. So, yeah. So there's that. Um... Other than that, though, uh, last night you had the Monday night game between the Bills and Patriots. Uh, uh, probably a changing of the guard, if you're looking at it that way. Uh, the Bills dismantled them. Patriots, Cam Newton looks quite washed up uh, based on that game. Jared Stidham is clearly not the answer. The magic seems to be gone in Foxborough thus far. Tom Brady looks like he was right. He was right all along. Um I would say that some of those COVID opt-outs hurt the Patriots, obviously, because they had the most of any team, most of which on defense, most of which they were pretty solid players on defense. So, you know, they're kind of playing with what Bill Belichick likes to find in the scrap heap of the undrafted free agents and all that fun stuff. But I think this is the year that that strategy didn't work because you didn't have any other solid veterans to bail you out. Because Bill Belichick is the master of finding these guys, plugging them in there, and just having them do one thing. But now you're doing that with more than just one or two plug-and-play players. You're doing it with more or less five, six guys on defense. You're switching them around. So... You know, you don't have that experience, so they're going to fly around to the ball. They're going to do their job, but they're not exactly going to bail you out of certain situations. Early in the season, the Patriots looked unbelievable. Like, they were, they were what, a goal line stand away from beating Seattle. They were a fumble away from beating the Bills the first time. Um, when their first meeting, I should say, they could have beat the Bills. Cam Newton fumbled. So it wasn't like this team would have been real dire straight had they ended up winning those two games because what they're six and nine right now you give them those two wins they're eight and eight probably finished the season eight and eight maybe you know eight and seven right now they sit at eight and seven right now still a chance to go nine and seven with another win so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility the Patriots could have limped their way into the playoffs with a Cam Newton but wave Cam Newton has played recently is not giving you much hope uh, for Cam to stick around in Foxborough next year. Uh, they're going to have like $50 million cap space, which is going to help the Patriots. So they'll probably go in on free agents. But they got to find a new quarterback because, like I said, I think the magic is gone. Tom Brady isn't there to bail them out anymore. And the way they, the way Tom Brady plays, it's frustrating to me because it, it, I've said it before that the Patriots are a team that was, you You knew how to beat them when they had Tom Brady. 
But nobody ever seemingly did that. Everyone tried to play this coy, you'll run the ball, keep Brady off the field, don't let him do this, don't let him do that. But the Patriots have only ever played really aggressive. They always went for touchdowns instead of field goals. They always try to push the ball. They went for it on fourth and short to keep the offense on the field. It was like pretty simple football economics, really, when you think it. It's, it's just you had to basically play the same game the Patriots played. Be aggressive. Don't settle. Don't punt. Don't be, okay, we're on fourth and short. Let's punt it because we're on the opposite side of the 50. Um, The odds of you getting that first down were more than likely if you had gone for it. And, and you just have to keep pushing it that way. And the Patriots were only ever good at doing that. And Brady, yeah, he made a lot of great plays and great throws. And guy is better than I'm willing to admit. But the Patriots were beatable. Just not everyone could have stayed with them when you got into those shootouts. And the way the offense was structured, Brady just had to throw it to guys in space and make them make plays. It wasn't like Brady was really lighting the world on fire, so to speak, throwing it 20-plus yards down the field like he is this year. So, you know, and like Gronk helped when he was healthy, but they never really had a consistent running game, not for a while. They were just plug-and-play guys, and I think that finally bit the Patriots in the ass this year because you're trying to plug-and-play different running backs. You're trying to throw this guy in here, this guy in here. They have really no receivers of which to speak, and I think it's hilarious to me that Bill Belichick's draft history has finally been called into question yeah, you may have heard whispers about it. Um, I was talking to some friends last night. One of my buddies said that it was mentioned sparingly in the last couple of years. But when you're going to Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls, nobody ever really mentions it because you're always drafting in the bottom half of the draft anyway. So what's the difference? It's like, okay, they didn't pan out. So, okay, but you're still winning. But now that you need the franchise quarterback that you lost, that you alienated and pissed him off so he left, and you don't have kind of the other weapons you need to even sustain a, a journeyman quarterback, let alone a Cam Newton. So now those draft decisions are coming back to haunt you. And it's, you know, uh, in Keel Harry um, is not panning out very well. Uh, Sony Michelle, who I loved coming out of college, still love the guy today, still love him as a football player. Probably not your primary running back in an offense um you know and those are just two guys because you can go, I mean look you can go back and play the hindsight game all you want assuming you know development and all that other stuff but throw that out the window Bill Belichick could have had Nick Chubb and AJ Brown instead of taking Michelle and Harry so you know those it's just those those things but like like I'm not going to get too in depth into Bill Belichick's draft history but there's a lot of players he's taken that haven't stayed their entire rookie contract or have they have, they've just gotten rid of eventually because for whatever reason, but the way Bill Belichick does his coaches, the team and puts people in positions, those draft picks are very interchangeable and undrafted free agent is just as valuable as a first round draft pick, but it looks worse because you invest time and and the energy of picking those players with those picks that are considered very finite things that are those are valuable resources for you to build a championship caliber team it's like yeah you can draft a guy and have him do this have him do that but the way Bill Belichick puts a team together it's not like he's asking his first round pick 
to just take up the mantle of being whatever it is to be the okay, this is your position. You're locking it down for the next 10 years. It's no, I'm going to draft you to do one specific thing and then have you do it for as long as you could do it for, as long as it benefits the team. Once it stops benefiting the team, I don't need you anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like he does it with all the players he has. And the ones he brings in in free agency, especially the big name ones, your Roddy Harrison's, uh, the trade they made for Randy Moss. So it's like those ones, you kind of know what you're getting because those were hungry guys. They wanted to win. Rodney Harrison at the time had only been to one Super Bowl with the Chargers way back when, when they got demolished by the Niners. So when he got to Foxborough, it was, this is the goal. And he ended up winning. Um, Randy Moss, kind of the same way. He was going through the motions in Oakland. He didn't really want to be there. He was ran out of Minnesota. The antics got old. He went to Foxborough, and it was just, how the hell are they going to manage this guy? Uh, he ended up breaking Jerry Rice's touchdown record, and I think yards he put up a shit ton. Brady won MVP, but they ended up losing the Super Bowl. Now, miraculous plays aside, um, that was something that, you know what I mean? Like, it was just the mystique of Foxborough and all of that. And then it goes into something greater that that's the culture that you build. And then you've heard that a lot, especially last night. It was culture, culture, culture. And the way the Bills did everything. So, you know, it's it's just awkward to see a team fall like that. And especially in a year like this when it's just been a crazy pandemic. You can't go anywhere without wearing a mask. You can't be around people. You got to do whatever. And for most of these guys, especially this season, there was a lot of COVID stuff. The Bills activated John Brown off IR Monday night just to put him on the COVID list because he was a close contact with TJ Yeldon, who tested positive. Uh, so this has really affected people. And like earlier in the season, who knows what could have happened if the Bills weren't really preparing for two teams because they were supposed to play the Titans. That game got pushed to Tuesday. And then there was still uncertainty whether or not they were going to play that game up until they actually played it. They got demolished by the Titans. But, you know, the Bills admitted and said that they weren't preparing for the Chiefs at all. They were preparing just to play the Titans because they were going to get that game in no matter what. But if they ended up postponing that Titans game, I don't believe the NFL would have made them play that Thursday night against the Chiefs. They probably would have pushed it to Sunday. But let's say for the sake of the argument that they were. That it's like, okay, they knew Monday night. It's like, okay, you're not playing the Titans. That game's now postponed. You're playing the Chiefs Thursday. So now you had a week to prepare for the Titans. Now you got three days to prepare for the Chiefs on a short week, essentially. So, and, and there there goes your bye week. So who knows what would have happened then? Because it happened with the Steelers. That That could be some of the ramifications of it now where the Steelers were going to play the Titans and ended up getting... Basically, their bye week got switched. Then they just postponed that game until later. So that kind of threw off your entire schedule. So it's like you were preparing to play, and then you were told, hey, that was your bye week. Get ready to play next week. You know, and it's and it's the way the NFL is structured that your creature's a habit. You need the week off to just get away and rest and do all that. They didn't have that. So unfair, yeah, obviously, but this is a different time. It's a weird situation to be in. No one's ever done it. So everyone's navigating it the best way they know how. Um, So yeah, there are things the NFL could have done differently. Absolutely. But they're going to play the games no matter what. And that's just it. And, you know, I was mulling around the idea before doing this 
this or today that, you know, what I talk about, could the NFL done a bubble for the regular season? Will they do a bubble for the playoffs? Yeah, I might touch on that next segment, um, but this is mostly just going to be a grand scheme kind of not so much a season recap and, and wrap up, but more just kind of what's going on this season and all the stuff and and things like that, um, you know, and then and then you add in other teams that are going to be looking for head coaches, general managers, you know, Jacksonville can their GM. Marone's probably not far behind after the season ends. He'll be out of a job. The Lions fired the GM and head coach. So Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn are out of a job. Uh, the Texans fired Bill O'Brien like week four, which they should have done it after he traded DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they're, they're, and, you know, now Doug Peterson's job is being called in the question. The guy won a Super Bowl two years ago. And now it's like, oh, they're 4-10-1. and Carson Wentz looks like garbage. He regressed greatly. Jalen Hurts is starting now. You know, should he be fired? No, no, he shouldn't. Uh, Carson Wentz, I don't know what happened with that, but the guy hasn't been the same since he since he tore his knee up the year they won the Super Bowl. But there's that. And then you got, like, the Bears, who who knows what you're going to get with them, you know. Um, so, oh, here comes my dog. <laughs> uh, but... You know, it's just it's just one of those weird years. And now we're kind of seeing, and especially when you have the Rams and Eagles talking about their quarterbacks and how, you know, oh, they're not the answer anymore. When only a couple of years ago, especially when they got this big money contracts, you know, the $100 million extensions, that these are the guys. These are the faces of the league. And then two short years later, these guys can barely make average NFL plays and they can't lead their teams to wins anymore. So it's weird. It's very weird how the landscape changes. And you look at Josh Allen. The guy has grown exponentially from year two to year three. He is like sixth in passer rating. Like he's completing what? Almost 70% of his passes. And he was dead last the two years before this year. And the knock on him was you can't teach accuracy. Which is asinine when you think about it, because how can you not teach accuracy? You just work on it. And that's exactly what Allen did. He just went out in the offseason and worked on accuracy. He still worked, like, I heard Chris Brown say it on one of the Bills pregame shows, that he and Sam Darnold work out with Jordan Palmer in the offseason. They do the same things, you know, and Allen is where he's at, and Darnold is where he's at. And why? Because it's player development in the organization. The Bills take the time and invest what they invest in player development because this is the payoff. The Jets, who the hell knows what Adam Gase really does, but the guy has been coasting off of Peyton Manning since he's become a head coach. And the most telling sign should have been for Adam Gase was when John Fox was hired in Chicago, Adam Gase had to scramble to be hired there. Like, John Fox didn't hire him right away. So, and it's like, oh, he just, it's, it's you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't hired right off the bat. He was his hot commodity, but he didn't get hired as a head coach. And then it was almost, you know, time for training camp and, and mini camps to start. And he had to, like, kind of go to the Bears just because it was, it was the best he could get. Gase wasn't hired as a head coach then, so he just went to the Bears and became their offensive coordinator after Denver made their mass change. So, 
You know what I mean? It's like, okay, he wasn't hired as head coach, but as an offensive coordinator, the guy is even being scooped up now. So that should have been kind of like a, you know, team, people should have been asking the question, well, why is that the case? And then he gets hired at Miami, and it's like, yeah, he, he helped Tannehill probably become what he is today. But would you say that these players are better since they got away from Adam Gase? Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker has gotten much better since he's been gone. <laughs> and since he got to the Jets, they have just, they, they have progressively made Sam Darnold run for his life more since he's gotten there. Like he hasn't done anything to make them better. He's essentially torn that entire team down just to get them where they are today. And then, and then they have a chance to lock up the number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence. Look, you're not supposed to tank games on purpose in the NFL. I get it. But then you pick the end of the year to start winning games. So now the question is, do they draft a quarterback in the draft? Because they've got the number two pick probably locked up. They've already beaten the Rams and the Browns, two teams that have playoff hopes, mind you. And it is mind-blowing to me, mind-blowing to me, that all of a sudden now they're going to play tough and play together and try to win the games. Like, look at, and in, as somebody that's on the outside of that locker room, yeah, it's it's stupid for me to even be saying something like that. But it's like, either they don't want to get rid of Darnold and they're going to just do what they can do and trade that number two pick to get more. Or they're going to try to shop Darnold, draft a quarterback with that two pick, and then see what happens. But I got to imagine Adam Gase is not going to be around for that anyway. And whoever comes in is going to want their own guy. So you'd have to make do with that. Uh, Again, there's so much more we can go into. And I'm sure we'll get into it later on, especially when the playoffs start. Because I'm definitely going to try to do more of these. I know I keep saying that, but, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. And I had some computer problems the last couple of weeks. Everything kind of got wiped from my computer. So I had to go through and back up everything and re refined all my good stuff. So uh, it took me a while to get back on track. But the Bills demolishing of the Patriots last night got me quite motivated to do a show today. Very happy to be back. So I'm going to take a breather real quick, come back, and I'm going to have a little fun with some what-if games on the quarterback carousel that could be in the offseason. Stick around. segment I got for you. Okay, so um, thinking it over and just the way the season has unfolded for most teams here, uh, I would say it's clear to say that there are some teams that as of right now look damn near unbeatable. Uh, Bills, Packers probably being the two most formidable of them. Uh, Bucks when they're on, they're on. Seahawks when they're on, they're on. Uh, Chiefs when they're on, they're on, obviously. Um, but, you know, playoff teams aside, 
there are a lot of teams that need a little bit of work. And, you know, looking at it, especially, you know, the ones that I said were top of the draft, you know, your Jags, Jets, Falcons, Eagles, Bengals, they need work in other places. But the biggest thing I'm hearing is obviously Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. It appears the Jaguars have won that. Then who else are you going to get? Um, you know, the Jets are rumored to go after a quarterback now. Either Justin Fields, Zach Wilson seem to be the two uh, big names uh, next in the draft. So where does that leave Sam Darnold, the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz? So I kind of went through and did a little something here where I ranked, not ranked, uh, listed all my teams that seem to be set at quarterback. Um, some are probably go without saying your Packers, Seahawks, uh, Ravens, Browns, Cardinals, Titans, Chiefs, Giants, Falcons, Dolphins, Bills, Bengals, Chargers, and Texans. Um, Bengals, obviously, Joe Burrow uh, coming off the knee injury. It's going to be tough, but he's going to be their guy. Justin Herbert for the Chargers looks like he's going to be pretty good if he gets a team around him. Uh, the Texans, Watson, I think we all know what we're getting there. The Falcons, Matt Ryan still got some mileage left. He was putting up some pretty good numbers. I don't see them tearing it down just to get rid of him yet. I think he'll finish his career as a Falcon. Dolphins got Tua. I'm not sold on Tua. He keeps getting benched, pulled for Fitzpatrick and thrown back in there. I don't know how that is good for development, but what do I know? Uh, I'm still not sold on Tua. Um, you know, the Giants got Daniel Jones, so I think they're fine there. Uh, you know, Ravens, Browns, I think they're good there. So uh, I would say those are your teams that are probably set. You don't have to worry about too much of that. Um, I keep the Packers there because they drafted the heir apparent last season or the last draft. Um, so I think they're going to be okay there. Uh, the teams who I think could make a change at quarterback, the Colts, the Lions, the 49ers, Jets, Eagles, Rams, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos, Bears, and Vikings. Uh, Vikings probably being the wild card in that because you don't know where you're going to get Kirk Cousins. They gave him a big extension. The team uh, didn't do great this year. Uh, I think Justin, Jeff Justin Jefferson was a big surprise. Nobody saw that coming, definitely, uh, especially after they traded Diggs. So that's probably the one trade that you could probably look at that was like, wow, that was... Pretty good for both sides. Um, but the Bears uh, bench Nick Foles from injury. But then Trubitsky kind of came on after that. Uh, so they're in the playoff chase, which is good. And like I said, Bears can get in with a win or an Arizona loss. So if they make the playoffs, you would have to assume that would probably buy Trubitsky more leeway to be back in Chicago. Um, especially if they were to somehow win a game in the playoffs. I don't know how you would get rid of a quarterback that got you there. I mean, it has happened in the past. I don't know. But he's still young enough where you could still make something happen with that. But if the Bears don't get in, I would imagine they'd move on. Um, your Colts, your Phillip Rivers is old. you got to find the guy there. Lions, Matthew Stafford, you could probably make a change with him because you got to do a complete rebuild there. 49ers are an interesting team because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been hurt. He's hasn't played great. Uh, I am always under the... The notion that Super Bowl loser always has bad mojo going into the next season anyway, and the Niners just got killed with injuries. I mean, their entire defensive front got hurt. Uh, a couple of key guys missed t the whole year. Um, you know, their offense got decimated. Every, they were starting a different running back pretty much every week. Uh, Kittle hasn't been the same. So, you know, this might be just an 
uh, an anomaly year for the Niners. If they can get back and stay healthy next year, I don't see why Jimmy Garoppolo can't be the guy. But, you know, he I think he's got big money one year left on the deal. And then they can get rid of him if they choose to just cut him out right now. Um, so that would lead to some interesting scenarios for the Niners. If they got rid of Garoppolo, you would have to imagine they would go after another guy that has something to offer. Um, so I kind of put the Colts in that too, where Phillip Rivers obviously is is near the end of his career. He's not going to be the guy much longer. And if Darnold's name is dangling out there for the Jets, I wouldn't see why the Niners or the Colts wouldn't try to make a move. Shanahan knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. Frank Wright knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. So Darnold could probably fall into those two situations and probably end up being better than everybody thought he was going to be than with the Jets. So that would be an interesting look there. And then, like I said, the Rams and Eagles, you got Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. I don't know how you would be able to move these guys because of the tremendous guaranteed money and tremendous cap hit it would have for you. Um, The Rams are already pretty strapped to the cap as it is. So if they are just outright cut Jared Goff, that would uh, really strap them for cash, and I don't think they would recover from that for a few years. It would be a while. Washington did the same thing with RG3. Or it took them a little while to get out of cap hell. Uh, not necessarily get any better, but it took them a little while to get out of cap hell. Uh, the Eagles will probably fall into that. I don't think they have too much cap space, but eating Carson Wentz's contract wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world. So I just think you kind of grin and bear it right now. So uh, I have to imagine trading those two guys would, wouldn't be great. Um, but the Raiders make it interesting to me because I feel like the Raiders would, and Gruden would probably want to take on a Wentz or Goff from a coaching standpoint because of, you know, Wentz had good, a good season in Philly before he got hurt. And he has those separate intangibles, but I mean, Wentz's offensive line was trash this year. He didn't really have too many receivers. A lot of it was probably just between his head, you know, between the ears, so they say, that it's in his head that he he has to do too much, and he tried to do too much, and he just couldn't do it. Um, There's that. Goff is weird because I feel like Goff is one of those guys that has to be the beneficiary of a great defense and a good running game. Todd Gurley bailed Jared Goff out a lot. In that Super Bowl year, not that Goff was really lighting the world on fire by himself, but, you know, you take away a Todd Gurley, the threat of the run is there, isn't there anymore. You can still got the defense, but I mean, Aaron Donald can only do so much by himself. So, you know, it's it's weird. It's 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 a weird situation for those two teams to be in. I I don't see them. I don't see a team taking on the contract unless you're like a Patriots that have that kind of cap space. But if you're trading them, you got to eat most of that anyway, because there's no way a team's taking on all of that by themselves. Um, So those, I feel like the Eagles and Rams are probably stuck to where they're at. Um, Like I said, the Raiders could probably take them on. That leaves Derek Carr kind of in limbo. He's been, he's been, I don't know, feeling seemingly on the outs in, in Raider land for a while, but he's still always there. He played generally pretty good this year. There's still some things that, you know, he's probably got some limitations where he's at, but John Gruden's supposed to be the QB whisperer. He's supposed to be able to fix that. Um, 
Panthers with Bridgewater, they could make the change. They could draft a guy. I don't see them doing so because Bridgewater played pretty well this year, all things considering. Um, they put up some good numbers. There was just mostly defensively their letdowns were. So, I mean, you know, you put more on defense there. Keep McCaffrey healthy. Who knows? You know, but I feel like Bridgewater is a pretty good fit with them and things will work out. Broncos, Drew Locke, I don't think it's the guy. I don't think he was going into this year at all. And they loaded up with weapons and he still couldn't do too much. So I think Locke's probably out there. Or if not, he's the backup. Bears, like I said, Trubitsky. We'll see what happens, especially if they get in the playoffs. We'll see. Vikings, Kirk Cousins could be the wild card. Uh, the teams who need to do something with their quarterbacks. The Bucks I put on here because Tom Brady isn't getting any younger. So you got to find at least your heir apparent now. And I feel like now is the time to do so because of what you have in the team. You put a lot of stock into this team to make the run this year and next year, especially this year and next year. Like you got two-year window of Tom Brady's probably prime years left. You got the receivers intact. You got a decent running game. Your defense can do what it's got to do. So this is the time you probably have to find a guy be to be the heir apparent. Um, same for kind of the Steelers. Like, you know what you're getting with the Steelers, but Big Ben isn't the same. He can't move around as much anymore. I feel like the injuries has probably got got to him a lot. So you have to find a guy that's your heir apparent, which leads to the Sam Darnold again debate that it's just, hey, maybe the Steelers can make the trade for Darnold, bring him in, and he could be the backup to Ben. And then you kind of hit the ground running with a guy that's already been groomed, has already been through it, and he can just kind of pick up where he leaves off. Uh, the Saints, Drew Brees, looks old. Uh, and maybe he's not completely healthy coming off the rib injury, but are you confident in Taysom Hill for your future? Are you confident in Jameis Winston for your future if you're the Saints? Uh, those are questions you're going to have to ask. The Patriots, Cam Newton, clearly isn't the guy there. And Bill Belichick even said it in uh, – in an interview that it was like, you know, they only had so much money to spend. They were strapped with cash money, so they gave Cam Newton a million dollars. He's the best they could have done. And it wasn't good enough. Uh, football team, you cut Dwayne Haskins. A big surprise. A guy that you took in the draft last season. Like last last draft, you, you drafted him. That Daniel Snyder made an effort to go get because you personally liked him. Um... That should show you how much clout Rodden Rivera has in this organization now, especially because Haskins had opportunities to prove that he was going to be the guy. Like, you can always get better. Like I said, player development, especially, you know, with Josh Allen, it can happen. But there were things you got to do off the field that Dwayne Haskins clearly wasn't doing, which now throws him into the trash heap of Ohio State quarterbacks never panning out in the NFL. And again... You know, every year you hear the hype. There's an Ohio State quarterback that's doing it. It was Dwayne Haskins in 2019. It's Justin Fields this year. Cardell Jones had a lot of hype coming out. He ended up being third string for the Bills, second string for the Chargers, washed out in the league. Uh, I think he was in the XFL. Um, so, you know, it's just how much stock could you put in Ohio State quarterbacks? I don't know. Like, they look great. Like Justin Fields has a lot of question marks, and you're going to take them top 10. So if you're going to take them, you better be sure that you can do something with them because the Redskins, or excuse me, the football team, they're not the Redskins anymore, the football team gave up on them. 
after a season because of the off the field stuff. So you got to do what you got to do there. Uh, Cowboys, again, are interesting to me. They didn't really give Dak the big extension. They signed him to the year, but the nasty injury he got earlier in the season. So will he come back to Dallas in general? It leads it to be a question, but I mean, Dallas is still in a playoff hunt. They can still win the division. Seven and nine could do it. We shall see. Um, Jaguars obviously need to do something. Minshew clearly isn't the guy. So they'll take Trevor Lawrence more than likely. So the Jags will probably be fine there. Um, so yeah, so it leads you to your big four guys that are going to be talked about a lot. Your Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. And my other names to consider, Matthew Stafford, uh, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and possibly Dak Prescott. That I think are guys you're going to need to kind of keep your name or keep your eye on. Uh, I would suspect the Lions would part with Stafford now more than ever. You gotta, you gotta do. I'm the big proponent of if you need to do a mass rebuild, cap space and draft picks are your friends. That doesn't necessarily help you win championships anymore, especially in today's league, where cap cap space and draft picks don't really mean too much, especially if you don't hit on them. You just need to find the franchise quarterback. And go from there. It's a quarterback-driven league. You hear it all the time. Um, you can win like those those aberrations without a quote-unquote franchise guy if the rest of the team is in place. You just need a game manager. The 2000 Ravens, the 02 Bucks, are my two prime examples for that. Um, you know, your 2012 Ravens, probably. Uh, you just need a good defense and some other complementary pieces. And just have a quarterback that isn't going to screw it up for you. So you can make it happen, but a franchise quarterback gives you a better chance year in and year out than that route. So uh, for me, if I'm the Lions, you know, I would look to probably trade every asset I have because you got to build that thing again from the ground up. And I mean, it starts obviously by getting the right GM, right coach in there, you know, but let's assume they do that. What are you going to do then? You really want to keep Matt Stafford in there just because he's the best you could do. You're probably going to draft a guy anyway, so you might as well just go for it and try to get as many picks as possible because you got to build up the rest of that team in other places. Definitely. Same with the Raiders. Um, this was the year they were supposed to be in the playoffs. They were supposed to be at least a wild card team. Maybe not win the division with the Chiefs, but you at least got to make it more interesting. But you can't lose the games they've lost and expect to do much else. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do there. Maybe Derek Carr falls on the sword for that. Same with the Vikings. Um, this was the year that was like, okay, you know, it's, it's our year. We're supposed to be good. The defense really fell off. Um, they got better near the end there. Dalvin Cook is going to be great. Justin Jefferson uh, kind of makes up for the Stefan Diggs loss. But could you get better without Kirk Cousins? Yes. Will they? Who knows? And then with Dak Prescott, um, it, it's unfortunate because the guy should have got paid before. He didn't. He probably won't now, especially with the leg injury. So uh, if if Jerry Jones decides Dak Prescott is still his quarterback, he could probably sign him to a much cheaper deal than he would have at this time last season. But, uh, you know, I, I just feel like the Cowboys took – a few weeks to really get over Dak's 
injury. And, and, you know, it looked it looked to me as if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't really trying that hard for a little while there because it just didn't seem to matter. But then things started clicking. The defense got a little bit better, and they started kind of putting more together on offense. And, uh, you know, it's now they're in the hunt for the division. So we shall see. But, again, uh, overall, it's just been a – it's been a wild year. Wild year. 2020 has just been a wild, wild time. I can tell you that. All right. Uh, so uh, going forward from this, we got week 17. That'll kind of tidy up a lot of the division questions, your seeding questions uh, for the playoffs. I don't know if I'll give you my predictions as such, but I would like to assume as I read them to you earlier, that's probably the way it will end up. Um, I think the Dolphins, Ravens, and Browns will stay in the playoffs. I don't think the Bears will get in. I think the Cardinals might sneak in, but the Rams will be out. So there's that. Uh, Bucks will stay in. They're already in. Um, and as far as the NFC East, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. If Alex Smith can play uh, Week 17, I think Washington will win that game and they'll be in. Um, if he doesn't, though... I think it may be Dallas's to lose. I don't. Tr- I don't trust the Giants to win, to win this week. Um, but we shall see. Uh, football teams got the Eagles this week, so we shall see. Um, but again, I say if Alex Smith plays, I would say Washington has a good chance to win, and they will take the division. But if not, I think Dallas might sneak in there because I think I would trust Andy Dalton. And the offense there a little bit more than I trust the Giants' offense right now. But the Giants' defense, uh, granted, they got kind of rolled by the Ravens. But the Ravens are kind of rolling everybody the last few weeks. So, you know, but the Giants' defense isn't anything to sneeze at. They're gonna they're pretty good, uh, especially the run defense. So, I think, you know, you got to go against Lamar Jackson. That's a tall task. But uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a good, good time. All right. I'm going to try my damnedest now. I think I got most of my computer issues fixed, hopefully. Um, but we'll try to get a show out during the playoffs, if not during the run, hopefully by Super Bowl. Um, hopefully it doesn't take that long, but we shall see. Like I said, sometimes life gets in the way. Definitely. Uh, but it's been a hell of a year. It's been a fun time. Didn't expect the Bills to be as good as they were this year. Didn't think Stephon Diggs would lead the league in receiving. Didn't think Josh Allen would be like second in passing. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, But very, very happy. It's been very, very fun to be a Bills fan. It's been a long time since we've been able to really say that. And it's been a hell of a time. But other than that, (laughs) uh, it's great to be back. Uh, Look forward to doing it to with you again and uh hopefully we just got something interesting to talk about next time uh other than that hopefully you hear from me sooner rather than later if not i'll try to get some draft stuff together for you we'll see what's going on in a world of sports i know hockey starts in january accelerated season we'll see what baseball does uh last year i thought was a lot of fun with the short season albeit you know covid whatever um but You know, this is making the leagues with longer seasons much more interesting because it's not a marathon anymore. It's a sprint. So it makes it much more interesting, uh, at least to me. Uh, Basketball did something fun with the bubble 
in the playoffs last year. And the Lakers took the title, so this year they're not doing that. But basketball is in full swing. Uh, things are looking fun there. We can't wait to see what happens later on. But like I said, try to get another show out in a week or so, a couple of weeks, see what's going on in the playoffs, hopefully before Super Bowl. And then we'll focus on that and the future. But that's it for me. It's been awesome talking with you and great being back. Uh, go to the Facebook page, Boom Thoughts on Facebook, like and uh Subscribe, all that fun stuff. You can go catch me on the tweets at Puma Thoughts or Puma 585. And, uh, you know, always check out SoundCloud. That's where you can hear the show, too. Uh, PumaThoughts.blogspot.com. You can hear it there. And SoundCloud, search Puma Thoughts. you find me there. It's been awesome, everybody. Have a great day. I'm out of here.